0: Welcome in to the PHNX suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman and Gerald Bourget. Gentlemen, how was your weekend? Did you guys get to do anything fun?
1: I got COVID. Yay! <laughs> yeah, that was off fun. The top. Just off the top. Let's go. Cool.
0: My intention was not to set you up for that one, Saul, but...
1: I, I mean, you kind of did. Good. You're like, how was your weekend? I was like, I got COVID on Saturday. That's how my fucking weekend was. <laughs> it, was
0: like, it was chill. Just spent it at home. <laughs>
2: I was in bed for two days.
0: Yay!
2: Rest and recuperation.
0: Great weekend.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm in, I'm in, I'm in health and safety protocols right now. so oh, That's tough. How are you feeling?
2: I'm fine. Okay, good. I'm good.
1: Because
2: I took my shot. of boy. of boy. Yeah, my weekend was better. <laughs> a, little, a little bit healthier, but I also just pretty much rested and recuperated and Got away from the DA talk for a while. And uh, what do you know? Monday, we're right back at it. So I was going to say,
0: <laughs> you it's a good thing you took a break because in Mark Stein's weekend roundup, DA was the center of the conversation. He was asked essentially, who does he think would be the lo- most likely big piece moved this offseason? And he said, when he went back and really sat down and thought about it, it's DeAndre Ayton. He definitely thinks that the Suns are going to be able to. Makes some moves, and that, but here's the thing is it's nothing that we haven't heard before. It's the same stuff we've been talking about from the beginning. It's just another name added into the pot of people talking about potentially the sun's moving on from d a
2: yeah, I mean it's it's another national media writer that's coming out. It's not anything new, but it is newsworthy in the fact that it's another national writer who is saying this is what I'm hearing. He talked to team representatives around the league and of course we're assuming that that means representatives that are not in Phoenix so it makes sense that they would be saying this type of thing Um, it is interesting though that he's saying that the Suns are expected to engage in serious sign and trade possibilities again we probably knew that that would be coming if they didn't want to keep DA Um, but it is interesting to hear that people are saying or that they think that that's what's actually going to happen and then he listed the Spurs Raptors Blazers Pistons Hawks as the expected suitors. Again, nothing new, but one more person just saying what we already kind of thought.
1: At some point, where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm-hmm. And but also at what point do when, when all you you realize that all these teams want DA, that you start to kind of pause and be like, "Oh, maybe we do have something good." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. like half the damn league wants DA clearly he's a good asset so mm-hmm. I, I don't know man that, that's all that that's all that tells me because obviously i'm i'm in the corner of keeping da so
0: but here's the other side of it too is that he's saying you know it's expected that the suns will look into this more and like <clears throat> excuse me That's obvious. James Jones has literally told us to our faces that he's not going to not have a conversation if somebody brings something to the table. He's going to hear everybody out. He's going to look at all the offers on the table and then move accordingly. Every single GM in the entire league should be doing that. Why would you just close the door on something entirely? Like, that's literally your job.
2: Right. And and again, I will say, I think it's highly unlikely that Aiton leaves for nothing I think a sign and trade, we can talk about that as a separate thing as far as you know, they're probably not going to get fair value for DA. Um, we're all kind of in the same boat that it would be better to run it back and bring him back. Um, but again, I, I've said this before, if I am the Suns and I'm planning on keeping DA and maybe I don't want to offer him the full amount that I can offer him, it doesn't hurt that this kind of speculation is out there because then you might actually get somebody who submits – and a contract offer sheet that DA signs and then you can easily match it and save yourself some money. So maybe that's not the strategy. Maybe there is actually fire underneath all this smoke, but this is the perfect time for smoke screen season. So just something to bear in mind.
1: Again, it's just about seeing all your options. That's Mm -hmm. you know, I think as much as there's a lot of, you know, angst out there and a lot of people that are worried about this, or they say trade DA or keep DA, uh, James Jones has, sh- has shown to be a very shrewd, um, GM when it comes to player movement. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to believe that he's going to pull the trigger before he sees all of his options first. I just, I just don't see that. So I think he's going to wait to see what kind of offer is out there. If he doesn't get something that blows him away in a trade and go from there. Uh, cause I feel like that's the best case scenario, honestly.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. All right, guys, we had to talk about it because, of course, it is one of the bigger news pieces that have come out in the last 24 hours. Do you have any final thoughts before we move on to the next thing?
2: Looking forward. Yeah, looking forward to having this conversation again in probably like 48 to 72 hours. Uh, It'll be tomorrow, Gerald. It'll be tomorrow.
0: Can't wait. (laughs) All right. So next up on the docket, we have a really fun interview for you guys. And I'm just going to put a disclaimer on Easy there.
1: Easy there, Lindsay. (laughs) Easy when you say fun to some Suns fans. (laughs) Okay. We
0: have an interview for you guys. Here's your disclaimer. This may cause a lot of thoughts, feelings, and emotions. So here's my advice for you. After maybe, you know, after you watch this interview, go grab yourself some OGs. And just, you know, pop a Scratch made THC gummy, sit with your thoughts and feelings, really feel them, really take it all in, really chill chill and relax and all the things. So if you want to get some amazingly delicious OGs gummies. Go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find Og O near you. Without I would like further ado. To, I, I, wait,
1: wait, wait, I would like to say something real quick. And the reason why we wanted to bring on mainly these two guys together is because they are doing a, a podcast that is related to the Suns, Suns and Bulls finals and stuff like that. And so I reached out there and I was like, hmm, I wonder if Robert Horry would even entertain the idea <laughs> of coming on. And he did. And I was like, oh, shit, well, why not? Let's Mm -hmm. see what happens, and maybe he's going to tell us some things that we don't know. And that sure as hell happened.
0: Yeah, he absolutely did. I think there were moments in this where Saul and I were both like, wait, what? I had no idea. So trust me when I tell you, like, this is one, like, don't just read the headline. Read the whole article, okay? Sit back and just listen, buckle up, listen to the interview. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, We have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. You guys have a podcast called The Finals File. But before we get into that, I think we should just probably start by addressing the elephant in the room, okay? So Robert, earlier this year, a friend and a listener of this program, so says Jay, sent you a cameo request asking you to apologize to Steve Nash. So we have a little bit of a clip of that, so let's play it.
3: I'm sorry, Steve Nash.
0: So I want to know your honest response. When you first saw that cameo request come in, what was your response?
3: I I was like, okay, who is this person? And I'll give them that. (laughs) So, But it's so weird that people, I have so many people think that um, that incident that Steve Nash had, that I'm the one that cut his nose open. But I'm like, no, that wasn't me. That was Tony Parker when he headbutted him. When Steve was, you know, leaning in trying to steal the ball, so there's a, it's so many things going about about my little little bump of Steve Nash that everybody thinks I'm just this Dylan, which I can be at times.
1: You know, Rob, I think it's more of just the fact that you know you literally played for three teams that had been our nemesis through that time period, right? The Houston Rockets, back-to-back champions in the year where we thought coming off of a finals run, which you guys are literally about to talk about in your next episode. Um, we thought we had a chance to win a championship. But, of course, the kiss of death and all this other stuff. And then you move over to the Lakers, and you know how it is with the Lakers and the Suns. And then the Spurs. And it was like everywhere you went, it w- it felt like an attack, I think, for some people. <laughs> what is your response to that?
3: Well, it all starts back when I was in college where that shirt you have on was calling us the fake U of A. And we are the legal, <laughs> really real U of A the University of Alabama because Arizona hadn't done anything in a while, you know, so it's a- wow. So it goes way back, man. It goes way back.
0: You guys, we figured it out. It's oh, U of A's man. fault. It's always U of A's fault. I,
1: I didn't so. realize Arizona was going to catch strays today. I didn't realize that. <laughs> but, it, it, you
3: know, it, it's so weird because if you go back when I was with the Rockets and the battles we used to have with the Phoenix Suns and, you know, coming back, down 0-2 becoming Clutch City and you, you just mentioned the kiss of death and you know it it that was fine I'll, you know basketball rivalries are fun you know you get to meet guys in the playoffs that's why when you have the western you know Jabbar and I kind of talked about this where we wish we would do another deep dive into great matchups within the conference because those are some of the best matchups you know even the finals are good but think about it you meet people four times or sometimes back when I played five times in the regular season. Now you got to play them and you, you you going at it. And that's what we did with the Phoenix Suns. And it goes back to when we were down 3-1 and coming back. And I think one of the, you know, for me, everybody says that play with Steve Nash was dirty. It wasn't dirty because I was going over there to take a charge. But then you think about it. If I threw a tennis ball and hit a brick wall, it's going to bounce like Steve Nash bounced at the time. And so that happened. But it, it goes back to when Danny Ainge, you know, took the ball out of bounds and we came roaring back on them and he hit Mario Ellie, which is my boy, good friend of mine, you know, my dog, hit him in the face with the ball on purpose. And for me, since that moment is when that animosity towards Danny Ainge has been sitting there. It was sitting there for years. <laughs> and then next thing you know, I got to go play for this dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the birth of a villain was right there in that moment. <laughs> with yeah. Mario Ellie. oh man, do you embrace that? Do you embrace the 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 villainhood, if you will, that that some fan bases, uh, you know, kind of, you know, like the Suns. You're one of the arch nemesis in Suns history. Obviously, you know that. Yeah. Um, do you do you embrace that? Does that like, did that fuel you at all during your playing career? Anytime you played the Suns,
3: By the time that all happened, I was on my way out the door. <laughs> so you know that that was the, the fifth and seventh championship years, and for me, I think you know. People don't know this, though. And um, when I got traded to Phoenix, it was it, my daughter who um, passed away. Um, actually, you know, her anniversary of her death is tomorrow. And so when she passed away, when well, she was sick this whole time. So think about this. As, I don't know if you're a father, Saul, but if mm-hmm. you are, think about when your daughter is sick in and out of hospitals, now you've been traded and you can't be there for her like you want to be. And, you know, it's, it's a mental thing. And Phoenix was just, it was just, it was a bad period in my life where, you know, and then I had that going on. Then you had Danny Ainge, who became the head coach, and then had the audacity to tell me I was the worst defensive player on our team that had the late, great Wayman Tisdale, Wested Persons, you know, Hot Rod. And I'm like, I'm the worst defender on this team, or uh, let's be serious here. So it was just, you know, a culmination of a lot of things, man. And that, that, that day in Boston, when I was playing good and he yanked me out of the game and I was like, dude, really? I, I can't, I, you know, I'm like, Papa, I took all I can stands. And I can't stands no more.
1: <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I did not know that story that, yeah. that you know, I, I appreciate you sharing that with us because uh, I know, uh, you know, how, how how deep that would be for you. So I appreciate that. You know, I, I had no idea. Yeah. I, I don't know if Lindsay knew that either.
3: You know, p- people always think athletes, you know, my ex-wife, she wrote a book called A Glamour Sacrifice, and it talks about our daughter. And people think just because you're an athlete and you're rich and you got all these, you know, you got access to all these things that your life is perfect. And, you know, that's, you know, we have problems just like everybody else. And yeah, I want you to think about that. Daughter in and out of the hospital. You got traded from a city. You want to be You just won two championships in there. You got traded. Now you playing against a dude. you don't playing for a guy you don't like. And this guy is dogging you saying all these bad things. And then you're losing as a team. Cause we started out with what, 0 and 15 or 13 that year. It's so many things that were piling on top of me. that it just made me, you know, an, an unhappy villain. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, Which is
0: gotcha. completely understandable. I mean, I think, especially, I don't know about Saul for you, but for me, you know, especially at that time, like social media, wasn't such a huge mm-hmm. thing. It's not like we had the insight into players that we do now. Like, I don't know if many Suns fans would say that they knew that story or what was going on in your life in that time. How did you kind of manage to find your way through that? What What was the guiding force to be able to come out on the other side and find success and happiness again?
3: I think the biggest thing is you got to have a support system. Yeah, I had no support system in Phoenix. Mark Bryant was my my guy. Sam Cassell was my dog, and he got when he got traded to Dallas, and you know AC and I had become really close he was in that trade and then it, it was just Mark and Chuck and it was just I didn't have that support system someone you can talk to and you know everybody nowadays they talk about you know the psychological part of basketball of sports in general and I think for me you have to have that outlet that you have to talk to someone you can lean on and you go home at night my wife wasn't there she's in Houston with my sick daughter and so it was it was a, it was a it was hard place for me and but when i got traded to la i had friends in la and so i had people to talk to and by that time my daughter was out of the woods with you know some of the things that were going on with her so those were all uplifting things i do i my good friend ron finley who you might know now called a gangster gardener every day out of the practice i'll just go to his house hang out with his wife and his kids and i had that support system someone i could talk to and you know and just you know have family and be around. So that was the biggest key for me because you, you need to express yourself so many times, but if you don't have anybody to express yourself with, like I did in Phoenix, your emotions come out in other ways, like in practice, you know, when Danny Ainge was practicing, I'll make sure i make making a land hard screens on him or eventually throwing a towel in his face. So you, you know, you, you have to have that outlet to express yourself,
1: you know, just circling back before we wrap this up and move on to, to the great things that you guys are doing. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, you said a, a tennis ball versus a brick wall. I, I tend to disagree from my point of view. <laughs> it
0: <laughs> you
1: know like, so ain't like it used to be. <laughs> I, mean, I feel you. But, uh, you know, when, when, you took, when you, when you bodied them and then you kind of saw the, the uproar and, and, and Lindsay's right. If social media was around at that point, it probably would have been a little bit more volatile than it ended up being, and it was a pretty volatile situation anyway. Um, when you realize that Boris Diaw and 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 Amari Stoudemire were going to get suspended, deep down inside, were you like, huh, "That worked out," or were you like, "Oh yeah, that's that's unfortunate"? Like, <laughs> I was like, "Dumbasses,"
3: <laughs> you know. You know what? It's so funny. People was like. Gee, that show you how smart Robert Orr is. He orchestrated that where he knew those guys was going to step on the court. I'm like, damn, I'm smart, but I ain't that damn smart. But, um, you know, I I hate that the fact that they didn't get a chance to play, but, you know, it is what it is, and I'm not going to complain about it because I got another championship out of it. I also think about if you go back and look at that game, you know, it was the reason I went over to, to try to take that charge because if you look at that game, the calls... All went Phoenix's way. I know everybody always wanted to blame the refs, but we lost that game. if you look at that game, we're like, well, damn, do they and that was the most frustrating thing when you know a team gets all the calls and you're at home and you're not getting any calls, you're like, what the hell, man? This is why we fight for home court advantage so we can get a little love. And for me, when I when that happened, you know. Also, you realize Steve Nash was my rookie, right? When I was in Phoenix, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He and I, you know, he and I wasn't playing at all for Danny. So we would be in the Lord gym or the the, the gym in Phoenix, playing one on one every day. He, me, and him had a great relationship. You know, even when he we we went to Sacramento one time, and he was like, "Man, I'm going down to Santa Clara. You want to roll with me?" Me and him got a rental car, and we drove to Santa Clara just to go watch his team play. Just me and him, nobody will go. And that's how much love I have for Steve Nash. And this is his Rook. I'm like, Rook, you know what? I'm ai am a two-time champ. You think I'm going to hang out with you? Of course I would, because Steve Nash was just that cool. And I, I think people think it was some animosity between Steve and I, but no, I even, you know, Steve and I have nicknames for each other, but I'm not going to let y'all know what that is. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> uh-uh,
0: uh-uh. Uh-uh.
3: You know, maybe maybe next next podcast, when you have me on, I'll save a little bit for that. But, um, I think for me, it was just like I said. Steve Nash was cool. We had a lot of relationship with. So, but if you look back at the whole situation and people, I'm, I'm agree with you, Lindsay. If People had social media. I probably be fried a lot of certain ways, and a lot might not be fried because people would have known my situation. And it took my wife and I, my past, my past wife, my ex-wife. It took us years to even let anybody know our situation. You wanna think about this? I had to. Go through this situation my planned in the finals in 94 when she was born she was when she was born she spent the first six months of the hospital in the hospital that was going on during the 94 finals nobody knew about it. 95 finals it, we kept it a secret because we didn't want anybody to feel sorry for us and and it and it didn't come out until you know after my, my son was born and he was like four or five years old and i jay adande kept begging me to tell the story and i finally let him tell the story because i didn't want anybody to feel sorry for me. I didn't want to use that as an excuse because I could in so many situations, like, oh, I didn't play well because, you know, I spent the last night in the hospital until like four or five in the morning because, you know, my daughter might not make it to the next day. And there's things like that that I don't know about to feel sorry for me because I had a job to do.
0: Yeah. But regardless of, I think, I think the difference might just be different eras, right? Different types of generations or approaches from society. Because I think now when people hear that story, it's like, wow, that's relatable. I can empathize with that because I too have been through something really hard in my life that I've wanted to keep a secret. How amazing is it to hear somebody who's on kind of not necessarily a pedestal, but at a higher level than I am struggling in the same ways that I am? You know what I mean? And so I applaud you for allowing that story to come out because I do think it probably touches a lot of people in ways that you probably never imagined it would have.
3: Yeah, I, I hope, I, I hope that nowadays that people are allowed to each team now has, you know, outlets guys can talk to, we know, we, we know about, you know, the, the pressures of playing a sport and we've had so many, you know, uh, student athletes take their lives because of this. And you, you hate that. I think the biggest thing is for coaches to, you know, talk to their players and get a sense to, of what's going on. You know, I, you know, People always think that I don't have a good relationship, you know, with the San Antonio Spurs because, quote unquote, I talk bad about them all the time. But the Spurs, the Spurs fans are such diehard fans. They don't want you. They don't want to hear the truth sometimes. So I tell the truth. But the truth is, is one of the best coaches I ever played for was Pop. I remember when my daughter was in the hospital when the season started out. It happened again where she was, you know, having really some really uh, major issues, and he was like, "Don't come back until she's home." and I missed the first three weeks of uh, being with Spurs because he wouldn't even let me come back because he's like, the family is the most important thing and, and, and go spend time with your daughter and your wife because you don't know if she's going to come out of the hospital or if she's going to come, you know, what, 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 what may be. So I, I think when you look back at situations like that, Pop was very helpful because we had that, line, that open line of communication and I, and I know college football players probably said, I got 60 guys, you know, NFL, I got 60 guys. I don't fucking care. You got all these other coaches they can talk to. Excuse my language, but all these other coaches can talk. Because people's mental health is so important because it's stressful playing a sport. And in, in college, it's stressful playing a sport and doing, the, you know, your your studies and your education and all that part. And then trying to have a social life. You know, it's, it's tough, man. Well,
1: I appreciate you sharing that, Rob. You know, and you're talking about looking mm-hmm. at the past. So we might as well, that's a good segue to, to what you guys have gotten into with the finals files. You know, uh, you know, how this all come about? And, uh, and and let's talk about it, you know, the Suns versus Bulls. Like, what were your biggest takeaways? I let Jabari
3: take this one because he he he's Jabari carried me on this, right? He's the one that can really come up with the stats and everything. And I can give a little bit of insight on what the guys were thinking in certain situations. But, you know, Jabari was he was a major, major, major uh, point in this this whole get up because he's an NBA insider and he know more than I know.
4: There you go. Okay. Yeah. With with that type of setup, how can, how can I resist? The truth of the matter is, uh, you know, IHeart came with, you know, with this idea. Uh, You know, we want to talk about the major moments and series and matchups of NBA, you know, NBA finals history. They asked, you know, who, you know, who would you be interested in doing it with? I, in all honesty, I had no idea that Rob would be interested. So like, I didn't name Rob, I named like other nerds like me that, (laughs) that, that I would enjoy the conversations with. And they were very polite about it. They came, they circled back and said, hey, this is a really good list. There's some really good names on here, but what about Bigger? What about, you <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was one of those. So I said, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So who, who, you mean I wasn't your first choice? Oh You were oh, my no. first celebrity, you were my first celebrity choice. So they said, that's where I'm getting with this. So then they said, what about Bigger? What? Who are some players that you would be interested in? Rob's name and that you can fact check me, this is fine. He was the first name on the list. There were a couple others as well. And surprisingly, a couple of days later, they had reached out to Rob and and, and, the, and the rest is history. But basically it came it came to be because we want you know we really wanted to you know to talk about the, you know discuss these series and you know do do deep dives. And honestly, who better to do that with than the seven time NBA champion Rob O'Reilly? So yeah. you
0: guys have the Suns versus Bulls. A uh, show starting tomorrow. The first episode drops tomorrow, June fourteenth. So, if everyone who's listening, if you guys haven't checked out the finals file, be sure to do so. What did you guys learn when you were researching and talking about this series that maybe surprised you?
3: Can I go first? I think the fact that Dan Marley was on an all defensive team. I'm like, what the hell, man? You know, and you look at things like this. I'm like, oh, I forgot. You know, you think of players. so we have a tendency. To certain players, to to like Dan Marley. When you say Dan Marley, what you think three point shooter, right? And so, but Dan Marley was actually a decent defender. He could shoot threes. Was a decent defender, and I uh, I think a lot of times names like that people forget. And then you got Tom Chambers, who you forget was one of the most athletic white guys that ever played this game, man. And and it's and <laughs> and certain players like that you so forget because we we know the Barkers, we know the Pips, and the Jordans. But you have to look at other guys like that, and you, for me, I haven't. I've always had an appreciation for not the A-listers, but the B-listers, because to me, the B-listers are always the guys that win championships for you. Those are the guys that are diving on the floor. Those are the guys that are checking you in practice. Those are the guys that are doing all the little things. And when you watch this game, you know, you know, Barkley and KJ was going to do their things, but then you had Dan Marley, you had you know, you know, Paxson, you had you know, Horace Grant. Even though these guys later on became major names, but at these points in time, they were young pups. They were trying to find their way. And there was those were those B-listers almost about to be A-listers.
4: And for me, I'll be honest with you. Look, I was a teenager when I first watched this series. And while obviously I I was old enough to understand what I was watching, it was almost like an entirely new experience, you know, going through the footage. And, you know, we we got, you know, uh, the NBA was kind enough to give us all types of, you know, background footage and, you know, locker room access, all all of all of that type of stuff. But the, but really, at the end of the day, it reminded me of how incredible Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan was, because, look, we got a great deal. You know, we, we get we get a great showdown. You know, full disclosure, Charles Barkley is one of my favorite players to ever played. So, you know, it, it, this one, even though I was not a Suns fan, this one hurt a little bit, you know, like as you know when I first watched it. Uh, and we got, and it was a great showdown. You know, Chuck did everything that he could possibly do, but it, ultimately, it was really just a referendum on, you oh, know, no, yeah, that guy Mike. There's a reason why we still talk about him. There's a reason why you know his name rings, you know, rings so heavy in the streets because he was incredible. And and to be honest with you, uh, while I I avoid rankings, I, I I genuinely believe that this you know the, his performance in this series was probably one of the greatest, you know, greatest of all time all throughout. Do people sleep on how great Charles Barkley was in those playoffs? I think
3: so. I think people don't realize how good Charles was. You know, we look at Charles now, we look at him as almost a comedian. But, you know, Charles was undersized, stronger than everybody, very talented. And I want you to think about this. you, When you say the dream team, you got to understand this. The dream team had Michael Jordan. The second best player was Charles Barkley. You know, not Clyde, not Carl, you know, not Patrick, not Magicka Bird it was Charles and that's how good Charles was. And he just, he, I don't think he's appreciated because people now look at him and they kind of, you know, they view him as a comedian almost, you know, because of what he does on his show. And it's, it's, he's, I I feel like I'm not saying they are, but it's almost like when you take Dwight Howard, how people, you know, they kind of look bad on Dwight Howard when he should have been top 75 and he wasn't, I know because, you know, defensive player of the year, three times, it's all these little things. But when people, look at how he acts now and how he's you know introduces himself as rick james and all this kind of stuff that people don't look at what they actually did on the court which is what matters and i think both those guys well charles he's a top 10 player of all time people might not say that but you know i'm gonna give him credit and i hate to say that because he went to he's from alabama but he went to auburn but i'm gonna give him credit for it just because i feel like he's top 10 player of all time
4: and and just to piggyback on that, I think it absolutely is related to, you know, the, the post career, which has been fantastic in itself as well. Yeah. You know, but we we see him oftentimes, even those of us that watched his entire career or, or even most of his career, we see him as an entertainer as opposed to one of the greats to ever do this. You know, he, he's one in my estimation, the top five power forward of all time at six foot six. So, yeah, and just to piggyback on some of Rob's points, the fact that, you know, yes, he was the second best player on that you know, on that dream team. He actually led them in scoring. He wins the you know, the, the regular season MVP this year you know, in, in this particular season. It, you know, it, it, it was peak. It was absolutely peak Barkley. And it, it just unfortunate that he came against Jordan. There's no other way to say it.
0: All right. I have a follow up on Charles. Obviously, one of the biggest things that people hold against him when talking about, like, all-time great athletes is the fact that he does not have a championship. Rob, in your opinion, do you think um, having a championship in your career holds, uh, like, is it a, a fair amount of weight that it holds when judging a performance or a career of a player? Do you think it should be more or do you think it should be less?
3: Um you know, since I have seven, I would say more, but it's not, the case. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the all the time, right? I make me better than Jordan, which is not the case. And I think people forget that it's not a, this is not a singles match in tennis where you, you're you judged on your individual talent. Think about it. Charles, you know, you forget why Charles was at his greatest. You had a guy by the name MJ at his greatest. Why Charles was not his greatest, you had a guy by Hakeem Olajuwon that was at his greatest. So there are always a, a your, this other guy that people forget about. It's just not him. There's other people trying to fight and get what they're trying to get, and they might have a better team or better situation. And and Charles just he, he think about it, he ran into some 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 juggernauts. Michael Jordan in the finals, you know, dreamed for those two straight years when they were good. Um, but it's 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 just hard to always say, this guy didn't win a championship, so he's not that good. So that's basically trying to say, you know. Since Carl Malone was, what, the third all-time leading scorer, his points shouldn't count because he doesn't have a championship. And that's how I like to tell people, say, oh, his points counted. You know, someone's stocking in the shouldn't count it, but Carl Malone points counted, and you can't take that away from guys and their greatness.
0: All right, Jabari, let's uh, put a bow on this and kind of give us, all of our listeners, tell them why they should tune in, what they're going to get out of this next finals file from you guys, the Suns versus the Bulls series.
4: I, honestly, it's it's always a fun conversation. You have, you know, look, Rob was being polite. I'm just guiding the ship. Rob is, you know, Rob is, Rob is the one that's really you know giving you insight, giving you know, answering questions as to you know what you know, what types of conversations are going on in the huddle at this at, at a point like this, or what types of conversations are the coaches or the coaching staff having with you in you know in in, in the uh, you know in practice or in the lead up to you know to the, these games and these situations. But the truth of the matter is, it, like I said, it's just a fun kind of like historical look back at, you know, the greatest matchups of all time. Uh, this one in particular, uh, all types of, all types of hall of famers on both sides of the court. Uh, and it was a really fun series. So, you know, I, I, I don't know if I can sell it any better than that.
3: Yeah, it's, it's I want to talk about the coaches too, because you have West Paul on the Phoenix suns and, and it's, this lets you know how the relationship coaches have, which I appreciate. It's a, it's a point in this. I don't know if they're going to, if we cut it out or not, but is where um, Dan Marley misses a shot and West Paul goes up to Dan, like, you choked on that one, didn't you? And so I'm like, you know, that lets you know how coaches, like, like you know, you would love to play for a coach. Who knows how to, you know, have light moments within a yeah. situation to try to make you feel a little better. But I don't know if you want to tell a guy he choked on that. I don't know what kind of relationship they have on that. But it's just little things like that when you watch these games and you pick up on stuff like that that you find, like,
1: interesting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well,
1: Rob, this ain't a cameo or anything like that. But before we let you go, do you do you have anything to? Say? Is it overblown, or do you have anything to say to Suns fans out there, just to you know let them like just move on with this?
3: Well, you know, I I, I want to say to the Suns fans, they're some of the best fans ever. Um, I, I even though I didn't have a good time there, the, the fans were always fantastic, and it was just a bad period in my in my life and. I think the funniest thing, though, was when the gorilla after I left, and when he went into my so-called locker and started taking all these towels out, I think that was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> I want to say to this thing Phoenix uh, Suns fans, don't blame me for Amari stepping, off, stepping onto the court. Blame the NBA for the rules, because now every time a guy takes a charge in the NBA, you see a guy on the bench streak across and help him up and all this kind of stuff. Hey, so, you know, I'm sorry about that. We would have came back and won that series anyway so i don't know why anybody. oh uh, here
1: oh. we go <laughs> I, knew, I knew he had to take one more shot right <laughs>
3: big shot uh, but you know what though I, I, phoenix suns i'm sorry you know you just snake bit look what happened this year you know your team you know laid a fat egg in the seventh game at home and i and it, just to let you know phoenix suns man Y'all messed up my money because I had picked the Suns to win the championship this year because I just knew it was their year. Maybe that's why they lost, because I was backing them. But, hey, I picked them to win this year. So I don't have the hate for the Suns. I have the hate for Danny Ainge. So let's get that.
1: (laughs) The pride of Andalusia, Alabama, right here in the house, baby. I love it.
0: Rob Jabari, thank you guys both so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us. And everyone, one more time, a reminder, Finals File, you can find it on iHeartMedia. And the Suns vs. Bulls series drops tomorrow, June 14th, the first episode. It'll be a, multi- a multiple part, so be sure to check that out. Gentlemen, thank you once again. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So yeah, a lot to unpack there, um, Gerald. Since you, this was the first time you got to watch the interview, I'll start with you. How did that make you feel?
2: Ooh, there were a lot of uh, a lot of ups and downs in that. Stuff, <laughs> but that, was, that was overall that was really fascinating. You guys did a great job asking some questions that got some great answers. The biggest thing, obviously, that stuck out to me was the situation with his daughter here in Phoenix that I guarantee you a lot of people here did not know about and really paints his time here and just that whole chapter of his life in a very different light so that was that was the biggest thing and then the second biggest thing came right at the end he cursed <laughs> us. He bet on us this year, and that's why we fell short.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, if that's the case, then we all cursed yeah. ourselves <laughs> as well. Cause I put a lot of money on the Suns to win a championship too. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, it's tough. But no, I, that was that was really, really fascinating. And I had no idea about his daughter. Like we we do tend to forget when we get caught up in our fandoms and all of that, that these guys are human beings with lives and families, and, and that needs to be part of our equation a lot more often.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things Lindsay and I talked about, and I'll I'll let Lindsay say the phrase that she said, but uh, the biggest contrast to me was the Danny Ainge, Greg Popovich scenario with his daughter Mm -hmm. um, and how each one of those guys handled Robert Ori at that point in their life. Uh, Danny Ainge basically just, you know, going ham at him during practice and just being hard on him. Whereas Greg Popovich was like, stay home, be with your family, that's the most important thing. And I think, uh, Lindsay, go ahead and say what, what you said uh, is the di- difference.
0: I basically said that the difference there is one of them is a boss and the other is a leader. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And And that is something that I think pretty much every single one of us probably, and if you're not in this group, shout out to you for dodging all the bullets. Everybody yeah. has had an experience in a workplace, regardless of what the workplace is, where the person who is supposed to be leading you is failing and they're not understanding how <laughs> that's right, so you can fucking cover. <laughs> but you know what I mean? And it makes what could already if you don't if you have a boss who doesn't care about your personal life or doesn't care about your mental health, it makes things so much harder. And that was just like, I had no idea that where that he had to deal with any of that during his time here in Phoenix or, or just kind of like How it all kind of went down and it was just really eye opening. I think it's really funny. A lot of people in the comments. Also, thank you guys for watching this interview. I know it probably made you feel some type of way when you just heard the name and that we were talking with him, but thank you for actually listening to it. But there were a lot of people like Elizabeth said that was so good wasn't expecting it to hit me in the feels and make me laugh like of course, he had to get some shots in there like this yeah. is all fun and games like we poked fun at him off the top two with so says yeah. Jay's cameo request like that's what this is all about we should be able to kind of poke fun and you can still be upset about the basketball side of things but you just have to understand that the player and the person they are not always the same thing you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I, I, he lost me a little bit when he was talking about Steve Nash being a tennis ball and, and, and him being a brick wall. I was like, bro, first of all, that, that, you weren't trying to take a charge. Don't even try it, right? Um, but, but at the same time, he wasn't lying about like it, it was like one thing uh, that he did was, was, was a wrong. And then the NBA doubled down on that wrong by mm-hmm. suspending Stoudemire and Dial. And Robert Ori has nothing to do with the second, you know, Mm -hmm. like now, if he doesn't check Steve Nash, then the whole thing is avoided in the first place. But that was a dumbass rule. You put a foot on the court and you get suspended a game. That's just so stupid. Um, And that's that was really out of his control. It's not like he knew going in that that was going to be the result of that play. So but we lump it all together because it Mm -hmm. cost us a championship in our heads. Right. Uh, Which is. Facts. I will always yeah. say it. it's facts that that cost of championship, but I appreciate Listen, it takes it takes a, a big person to, to know what you're about to get into, especially on a podcast like this Um, and, and be like, you know what? Hey, I'm a roll with the punches and see what how it goes. And he was open. He was candid. Um, and, uh, and I appreciate that. And as much as I still hate him as a spur and a Laker, I can appreciate the man who he is and what he's had to go through, especially during his time here at Phoenix.
2: Yeah. And, and I'm glad you guys did ask that question about uh, what he thought when he realized that Stat and Dial would be suspended to kind of get his thoughts and hold them accountable a little bit. <laughs> but of course, he had to get another shot in there with the <laughs> Like, I, But that's honestly, though, I know Suns fans, a lot of Suns fans that don't hear this interview hate Robert Ori. Suns fans that listen to this or- interview still might feel that way about him. Sure. But like at the end of the day, like the smack talking, that's all a part of this, and like it's I what makes it
0: fun. Yes, yeah.
2: it is, yeah. and and unfortunately, that's one that comes with a little bit of trauma on our side. Yeah. But yeah. every other fan base has moments like that with every other team in the NBA. Like you could you could name any other team in the NBA, and I could point you to a moment where I was like, "Oh, that really sucked," or "Man, yeah. that has stuck with me." So, I, I I really appreciate how candid he was and, and how willing he was to to kind of play ball with a fan base that he even gave props to, even though most yeah. of them hate him.
1: <laughs> you know, much much, of this is, you know, listen, Robert Ori was in the right place at the right time, seven times in his <laughs> career. Like, nobody has ever had that kind of luck in the NBA. And and, and I say luck because he was, he was talking about the B-level role players, and he was one of those B-level role players. Like, he only averaged like six points a game in the playoffs. Like, he wasn't mm-hmm. some superstar But he knew what his role was, and he happened to find himself in a situation where he could be a key contributor as a role player and win some championships. I would also argue and say that he was in the wrong place at the wrong time throughout his career – to continue the spiral of hatred from Suns fans, yeah. starting all the way back with the Rockets, then the towel in Danny Ainge's face and the disgruntledness there, and then going to the, the Lakers and how much we hate the Lakers and watching him hit a fucking buzzer beater to, hit, to beat the Kings. And you're just like, of all people, they hit the buzzer beater. Why this fucking guy? And then he goes to the Spurs and then the hip check and all this other stuff. It was just like a, a, a series of, of events that just, like, was perfect timing. And that's why we have so much emotion, and it's raw emotion. And I don't think – I'm not going to downplay that raw emotion for a lot of Suns fans. I won't. Like, I I completely feel you. I really do. I still have some of that disgruntledness inside me as well. But at the same time, I can separate the player from the person. Um, And when he told me that nugget about his, his daughter and his family and the mental health issues and stuff like that, before mental health was even a thing, you know, and think about it at that time, too, we were talking about the mid 90s, late 90s, um, when he's there with Steve Nash here in the Valley, 96. And if you come forward and you're talking about mental health, you're considered weak at that time.
0: Right. You Could just you are, imagine the you're ridicule? Just a weak
1: pers- right. And and you're just a head case. Oh, we need to get rid of this guy because he's soft. Um, it's a different era now. And it's a different vibe. And this guy legitimately had some things that he had to work out with his daughter. And Mm -hmm. um, so, like I said, I just appreciated the fact that he took a chance to come on this podcast. And uh, I don't know, we'll see how, how the feedback is. And maybe we'll have him get on someday later on.
0: Maybe we got a super chat from Manny. Manny, thank you for your super chat. They said, definitely enjoy rob now more than when he played and i'm glad this interview softened your heart a little bit y'all we're like the grinch our hearts are just growing nah. like moment by moment <laughs> just wait
1: listen listen don't give we're us gonna too change much the don't, world. don't give us too much credit cuz there's some some people in the chat that are still salty they're still upset they're like i like him as a person but fuck him as a player still like and i get that sentiment i for sure do
0: oh my gosh well listen At the beginning of this interview, I told you if you needed to sit with your feelings or if you needed to chill out after this to grab some OGs, if OGs isn't your thing, you can also grab some Four Peaks beer and do the same thing. Don't go sit outside right now. It's a little too hot, but maybe this evening you can sit outside, crack open a few brews, and uh, enjoy just some some peace and quiet with yourself. Just, Just some peace and quiet to chill out, zen out. And not um, fester about this interview too much. If it has you that type of uh, feeling going on right now. What are you guys drinking lately?
1: Peach ale. Yeah, I love the peach ale. But uh, I actually, uh, I've transitioned over to kilt lifter. Because apparently, uh, we need to get the younger crowd more involved in kilt lifter. And who better to embody that than me? (laughs) I'm Were you not no? Being funny? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is a little too old for you guys. All right, gotcha.
0: You know, it's so funny because Shane was telling me he's like, yeah, like, um, like we want to, you know, share Four Peaks with some of the younger crowd out there and introduce them to this great beer. And Gerald and I were talking. I mean, we're not younger, but we're not necessarily old yet. We're like middle-aged if you will I don't know but when we were younger in our like prime drinking days Kilt Lifter was like one of the first kind of craft beers that Mm -hmm. I at least knew of and Mm -hmm. when I was in college it was like Kilt Lifter was like the top-notch beer that you sipped on and you enjoyed while you played beer pong with the cheap beer yeah you know what I mean exactly
2: once you ran out and then once you ran out of the cheap beer it was okay well we've got to use the Kilt Lifter to play pong (laughs) always a bad decision at the end of a night but Still delicious at the very end. Shane, shut your mouth. Shane, we're not old. (laughs) You're old.
0: (laughs) Wow, Shane, how rude. Uh, Peyton said the younger crowd shouldn't be drinking dot, dot, dot. And you are correct. When we say younger, we mean 21 to like 27 or somewhere around there. 21 to 23, realistically, if we're talking about quote, unquote, younger crowd. But just a reminder, you must be 21 or older. Enjoy responsibly. Okay. All right, guys. Are you placing any bets this week on the DraftKings sportsbook app? How are you feeling about the finals? Are we allowed to talk about the finals yet, or are we still I don't angry know, but, about that?
1: But I've been trying to find odds on whether DeAndre Aiden will get traded.
2: Uh, I'm sure that's out there somewhere. I don't know if it's in the app, but it's probably out there somewhere. Um, yeah, I don't know how to feel about the finals. I thought it was. I thought Celtics were about to kind of cruise to victory here. Um, but the Warriors, they responded in game four. So it's anyone series at this point. The Celtics haven't lost back-to-back games in like, feels like months. I'm pretty sure they haven't during the playoffs. So game five is going to be fun tomorrow, but I have, or tonight, but I have no idea.
1: You know what? I'm going to find out whether or not uh, there are some odds. And if there are not, <laughs> well, you know, I can pull some strings and get some <laughs> odds added. How about that? I will hook it up. By the okay. end of the week, we will have DraftKings odds on whether or not DeAndre Aiden will or will not get traded. You heard it here. There we go.
0: You have that much pull at DraftKings that <laughs> so you can get a whole new bet on the app? Yeah. Why did you tell us this sooner?
2: I you had no asked. idea. <laughs> you never asked. why
0: would i think that was something like that to ask that could this could open so many doors for so many fun things Saul. and
1: and if you didn't know you could watch the bet show every day at noon and they will fill you in on more than what we have to offer here good plug (laughs) good plug Yeah, because
0: Shane is the degenerate of this show, so he'll teach you all the things you need to know. That's what you get for calling us old, Shane. Uh, If you want to get in on the action, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PHNX. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals. You get $150 in free bets instantly. That is promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Guys, before we say goodbye, any final thoughts on anything going on in your world?
1: No, but I, I will say this because uh, I don't know if we mentioned it at all yet, but uh, I did come down with COVID, but I'm actually feeling fantastic. I'm not feeling bad at all. I'm a little nasally, a little stuffy, but I feel pretty good. And that's also because I took my shot. Um, you know, So make sure you go out and if you haven't, you should. And if you haven't got your booster, you should, I'm just going to say it uh, because uh, I know a lot of people that didn't uh, are not as fortunate as I was. So there you go.
0: Yeah. And if you need help finding a place to get that uh, azhealth.gov slash find vaccine, you can find a location near you and they're free for everyone five and older. And those 12 and older are also eligible for that booster. That's all was talking about. Gerald, any final thoughts? How's your Twitter going these days? Is it calmed down a little bit?
2: I was off Twitter all weekend. I was watching Peaky Blinders. It was the best thing for me (laughs) because I could not do it. uh, Oh, Peaky Blinders? Yeah. Yeah. The last season wasn't the best, but it was, I mean, it was still good. I enjoyed the show. I don't know. Have you watched any of it yet?
0: No. Um, Should I or not?
2: It's pretty good. And it's not too long of a binge because each season is only like six episodes. So it's not that
0: long. Okay. One last question that is completely (laughs) out of left field. So Mm. sorry, but y'all just have to answer it. Have you watched Ozark? Yes. Like the no. is is what is this final season? Was that it or is there another yeah. half of the final season?
2: So there was the first half a couple months ago and then the second half came out like last month or something like that, but it's it's over now. It's all on there.
0: Did you watch it?
2: I did. <laughs> <laughs> where were I- you? What?
0: I didn't watch the entire show, but I watched the last episode that ending and I would have been really mad had I um, committed time to watching the entire series and it ended that way. Did you feel the same way? Uh
2: I mean the last season wasn't the best, but like I enjoyed it for what it was. It was a good show. It was people kept trying to compare it to breaking bad and I think that was their mistake is it's not breaking bad, but it's still a good show in its own right. So it was, it was fine. Just, it wasn't the I best ending like the
0: last three minutes of that. I was like, wait, that's it. <laughs> but you
2: didn't watch, but you didn't watch anything that came before.
0: No, but I'm kind of, no, I watched parts pieces, but I'm kind of glad now. Like, because that was, I don't know. Anyway, that was your random corner of the week. Sorry about that guys. Uh, it's Monday. It's I was been totally busy. lost.
1: <laughs> I was like, okay.
0: I just needed to have this conversation with Gerald. And instead of calling him after the show, decided to use this channel to do that. Thank you for humoring me and also for tuning in. We will be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. So plan to come hang out with us then. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at az. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Bourget, And you can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. Which one of you wants to do the sign-off since Espo's uh, out for the day?
2: Saul. Gerald. Ah, just remember, Robert Ori is a person, even though you can hate him as a player. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs>